What's up, everybody? Matt Johnson here. We are back with another episode of Real Estate Uncensored. This is the place where you get actionable ideas, insight, and inspiration to turn your real estate career into a life of freedom. Uh, I think that's something like that. We're, uh, <laughs> we are back. We had, a, we had a whole week off, I think, last week. Greg was in Japan. I was traveling. I was in beautiful and scenic Louisville, Kentucky, which is, you know, it's about the same thing as Japan. So we're practically in the same place. Very much. much. So uh, so we took a whole week, basically, off of the show last week, and apparently I forgot the show's tagline in the meantime, but we're back, and we've got Tracy Enos back with us today. She returns. Uh, I believe this is round three with Tracy. So we're going to talk about some of the uh, interesting new things that are going on and what Tracy is doing uh, with clients on LinkedIn that we can all learn from. We're also going to talk about knowing and uh, and using LinkedIn to connect with exactly the right people and who that is. So if you think about it in terms of you know, who are the 50 most valuable relationships you can have in your business right now? You can use LinkedIn to build those rather than thinking about it in terms of, okay, who are the 5,000 people I want to reach with a Facebook ad or, or that I want to reach on LinkedIn with a post? So thinking about it differently and thinking about who we really actually want to connect with and using LinkedIn to zero in on them and really build real relationships. So we'll start there in a second. But first of all, Greg McDaniel, the Junior Grandmaster, back from the uh, the Orient, as we say. What's up today? I am, I am, I am. Dude, talk about a blessed and incredible trip. Um, Japan was better than I could have ever, have ever have imagined. I mean, the Japanese people are so freaking awesome. They're so kind, so humble, so amazing. Uh, but I'm sure glad to be back on uh, U.S. soil uh, where I can read and understand everything. Well, to a given degree, I am dyslexic, so there is that <laughs> degree of still screwing things up. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I'm really enjoying being back. I love the trip. Uh, I was talking with you and Tracy off air. Uh, I think my girl and I, we, I think we may have built a super bug uh, because we are both feeling like shit today. Uh, but we're back at it. We're still working. You know, there's no rest for the weary, right? And I'm just blessed to be back here. And Tracy's going to make it rain. I know that you and Tracy use uh, LinkedIn extensively to grow your businesses. So uh, I am, for the first time, Johnson Face, I have my notepad out and I shall take notes on what you say. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to take notes of what Tracy says. Mm. Uh. <laughs> but Tracy, welcome to the show. Um, hey, thank you. It's great to have you back for the Trace time. Um, and hope people will listen to what you have to say because LinkedIn is a powerful tool, but none of us use it correctly. So take out your handy-dandy prehistoric writing tool called a pen, ladies and gentlemen, and please take notes. Class will commence now. Okay, mm -hmm. I'm ready. Go ahead. All right, oh, Tracy. Let's see, start. Did I just see the the um the black cat go right behind you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so Halloween. It is. It's Bandito. He's he he is a black cat, but he's like this. He's the nicest little snuggle bug on earth. He knows that I'm not feeling well, so he's just been hanging out with me all day, uh, just kind of sitting on my lap and purring. So he's well. There he goes again. The the black no cat. No superstition yet. here. No, none at all. None at all. Matt loves cats. I mean, he has a whole litter of kittens at his house, and he keeps hidden from the general public. I don't know why. They're so lovable. Matt. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me, doesn't it? All right. So uh, for 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 anyone who missed Tracy's first couple of episodes, Tracy, just kind of give us a, a reminder who you are, where you are, what you do. Well, hi, everybody. Um, I'm Tracy Ennis, and um, I live here in the Midwest, KC, to be exact. I love my little town. And um, I've been doing this LinkedIn thing for like six years now. Mm -hmm. And um, I, there's no there's no stopping. As long as LinkedIn is, is still out there and plugging away and doing great things for myself and my clients, I'm going to keep at it. 
Love it. So let's uh, let's talk about the who uh, a little bit. And I think where where a lot of agents struggle uh, is they think of the market in terms of the there's the wider world out there, and it's our job to go out into the wide world of people that we don't know and figure out who wants to buy sell a home and then get them to trust us as quickly as humanly possible. So I want to I want to talk a little bit about kind of flipping that on its head. And I know we we cut out on your end, so I'll, I'll repeat the question again. So uh, yeah, uh, so. Most most agents think of things in terms of going out into the into the wide world of people who don't know who they are and figuring out who wants to buy and sell. Right. And then figuring out how to how to get them to trust them, even though they don't know them and do a transaction and trust the biggest deal of their lives to them. Potentially, most of the time, it's one of the biggest when they didn't know that person from Adam a day ago or a week ago, right? And in this day and age, that's just not, it's not that it doesn't work, it's that it's unnecessarily hard and there's just a different and I think better way to do it, which is to find people that will trust you, build relationships first, and then get introduced and referred and put yourself in position to meet people that are looking to buy and sell through the people that already know, like, and trust you. So I wanna talk a little bit about that first of all. So when you work with a new client, how do you help them identify who the who is? Who are they trying to reach and who are the most valuable people they can meet with on LinkedIn? Well, everybody has a particular kind of niche market that they like to work with. So first of all, we need to really decide or define who that is first, not just the demographics. But we also go in and dive a little deeper into the psychographics, you know, because this is going to come into play with any of the marketing that you're going to do, regardless of what platform you're using. I mean, it could be as simple as an email or a video or an article or anything like that. But until you do those two things, um, then it's going to be really difficult to, you know, try and find the right people, especially, you know, LinkedIn is great for referrals. So you've, you want to find the right people who can bring those exact potential clients to you and you know that they're going to work with them. But until you sit down and I call it getting back to the basics. Um, I wrote an article not too long ago about every shiny object that's in LinkedIn and everybody jumps on it. You know, let's go with this and we're going to growth hack and we're going to make all this money. But if you really haven't gotten down to your basics and really defined the who and your goals of what you want to do with it, then any growth hack is going to fail on you. You know, mm-hmm. so once you have the basics down and continue to run that campaign, your basic campaign, anything that's what you're going to do is going to be a plus. So okay. when I say basics, we start with foundation. Foundation is first. And that this will apply to regardless of, you know, Anything that you're doing, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, email, YouTube, whatever it is that you're doing, um, and, and you've got different prospects on different platforms, but, you know, define the who and really sit down and dive deep into their psychographics. And then what is your goal with the platform? You know, what is it that you, you know, you want to do with it? Who do you want to reach out to? And then that's where you start building that trust. You build out that profile that now says, you know, you're pre-qualifying the who, But you're also using the psychographics. And when I mean psychographics, as an example, is what's their biggest desire? What kind of fears? You know, what keeps them up at night? And this is all, you know, based off of your prospect, you know, and then even I mean, you can really dive deep into it. But typically, those are kind of the the first questions that I tend to ask my clients Mm -hmm. is the who. And then, you know, LinkedIn is really great because it's a search engine. 
for the demographic side of things, if you're using the filters, especially in Sales Navigator, but your profile and all your content and even your outreach with your messages all has to do with the psychographics. Okay. Yeah, so you're sorting people in two ways. You're sorting people by, first of all, specifically targeting who you want to work with, and then you're also sorting them by the stuff that you talk about and talking about things that are only going to be interesting to the people that you want to work with. Correct. Yeah. And if, if you're really if you really know a lot about your prospect or even your referral partner for that for that matter. OK. Or the people that they work with that you like, you know, want their referrals. If you know this stuff already, then you're already going to know typical responses and typical type of engagement because you've already dove deep into that. So you've evoked emotion. And that's when people start to raise their hand and say, hey, I want to talk to you. That makes sense. Wait, okay, so yeah, back back that up a second because yeah, I think we glossed over a really important point. So when you evoke emotion, that's what makes people want to raise their hand. So what do you mean by that, and how do we evoke so emotion on LinkedIn? You could ask the right questions because okay. you already know their pain points, right? So you already know that question, and people like it when they talk about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. you, you're showing interest. So let's just say we're doing a messaging campaign. And we might want to approach it a couple ways. First way is to ask them a question. You already know that pain point because you've already done your homework and the foundation work ahead of, ahead of time, right? So you know what that is. So you can kind of already guess what the response might be. So you're already building this trust with them because then they already think that you actually know them already. Does that make sense? Did I answer that question? Okay. Hmm. Secondly, because if you're, you're asking, the question you're asking them is linked to their pain. So you know what they're struggling with. So when you ask them a question that touches on mm -hmm. that, you kind of know what the response is because you already know what they're struggling with, which that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. Or what their what their biggest desires might be, or um, even you know finding something that's of interest to them that's outside of maybe your own content, like somebody who they follow, you know, on an online publication or a certain influencer or whatever, and kind of building that relationship that way. Like I said, there's a lot of different ways to approach it, depending on the who. Um, but that's just for the outreach part and the messaging. That's what's going to build trust, because when they start, you send that connection request and it's personalized, they're curious. So they want to go back to your profile and they're going to go check you out before they accept the connection or even message you back. But again, this is not all about you, because people at the end of the day want to know what's in it for them, right? Mm -hmm. So you're building out a client centric profile that not only speaks to their pains and their desires and the solutions, but at the same time edifies you and um, <clears throat> excuse me, and separates you from your competition. Why are you better than the guy down the street that I should be referring to and sending my business to? How are you different? And at the end of the day, they want to know what's in it for them. Okay, How can you solve their problem? Yeah. And we're going to have a guy come on the show here. Um, I think we're about three weeks out, but he comes from the mortgage side. So he, he he does work with both loan officers and real estate agents and has worked a lot with a lot of each. And he's done a lot of research on the science of why people refer. And he's going to make the case and, and lay out all the background info on why this is true. But intuitively, I think he's right, which is that people refer and they're more likely to refer when they get a bump in social status from referring you. you and make so them to, hero. Yeah, you make them they hero. And so to your point about having a really killer LinkedIn profile, if you ask somebody or if you want and you wish more people referred to you, especially making introductions to other people on LinkedIn, 
you got to have your LinkedIn profile together because otherwise when that person thinks about referring you and they look at your LinkedIn profile and they go, yeah, he just, he doesn't look like he's got his act together. Like I, I'm uncomfortable referring because his LinkedIn profile doesn't make me look like a rock star for knowing them. Right. Right. Interesting and thing, you're, right? Leaving, you're leaving opportunity on the table. I mean, look at mm-hmm. how much opportunity could be missed because that profile is not built out in a way, you know, that really, you know, makes you look good, but it also showcases the fact that, you know, you understand them, you understand their mm-hmm. pain, their desires, and that you understand that you can, that, that you can help them. And then to the referring side, they want to look like the hero. You're right. It's that social status, you know, uh, you know, I'm sending the right people, my clients to the right people and they're making me look good. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and hopefully everybody got a hold of that. And like I said, we'll have we'll have Chad, the gentleman that I mentioned on in a few weeks. So keep an eye out for that episode because we'll talk about why that is. But becoming a person of influence and a person who is well connected and visible in your local area is huge for referrals, even though you think they're not connected. They're intimately connected. The fact that Greg is on the radio makes it a lot easier for people to send him referrals because they can go, oh, yeah, my real estate agent's on. You know, he's on. The radio every Sunday morning, KGO, what is it, KGO? Yeah, KGO 810, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so stuff like that. Like, you don't think those things are necessarily connected, but they absolutely are. But, Greg, I want to talk to you for a second about the who, uh, because if if you're going to write out a profile that that makes it clear that you understand what people's frustrations are, uh, how do you do that if you have no idea or you refuse to narrow down what type of homeowner or home buyer that you want to work with? Like, how, how do you... You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Uh, no. Getting Most people don't want to restrict anybody, and so they end up not being able to make any specific statements about the struggles that they help people overcome because they want to help everybody with everybody's struggles all the time, everywhere, in every possible, within eight hours driving distance of whatever their city is. They want to be able to help them with any real estate needs. So what ends up happening is if you, even if you try to build a LinkedIn profile off of that, it wouldn't really be specific enough to speak to anyone in particular. It would just be, it'd be super vague. So again, it goes back to like really understanding who your ideal client is. Yeah. I uh, see. We see a lot of new agents. What they do is they go out there and they will literally go helter skelter and work with any buyer, any seller, anywhere within literally sometimes not, we joke about eight hours, but I mean, within yeah. an hour or two minimum. So I've seen agents drive two hours out of their way to go to a listing or to, to show a house. I'm like, why are you doing that? You have no idea what you're truly, what you're truly working for. I mean, you're just you're just working like a hoe. I mean, you're being hoed out, pimped out all over this, all over this the state. When you need to rein your shit in and just really work, like where do you know, without a shadow of a doubt, you know what's going on in that neighborhood? No, my father, the T Diddy, the Grandmaster, me Papa. You know, when we would get a referral for, there's a city called Pleasanton. Uh, it's about 30, 40 minutes down the street. We wouldn't, we wouldn't take it. We'd refer it out. You know, we would work a city called Livermore. That's about 25 minutes away. But if we went to San Leandro or Milpitas or San Francisco or Mill Valley or San Jose or, you know, Santa Cruz, any of these cities, now they're within driving distance, but they're not my ideal client because I don't know how to get to these cities without GPS. Therefore, I cannot help them buy or sell real estate to the best of my ability. So when you're working with your LinkedIn profile, you don't say, hey, I'm going to work with everybody under the sun because I have a real estate license and so I can work with anybody in this huge geographical area. No, you narrow it down and say, what's the best use of my time? 
Is it working in these specific areas where I know what people had for dinner in certain areas because I work it so well? Or do I pimp myself out and just work everywhere and just become a slave to people's whims? And I think that, you know, what we're talking about here is when you when you're on LinkedIn and you want to talk about somebody else, you've got to figure out like we were talking about, figure out their wants, needs, pains and desires and then service those. Don't just run willy nilly everywhere. Write it down, be specific on it and then put it out there into the public, a.k.a. on LinkedIn. This is who I serve. This is where I serve. End of story. If I do not work this area, I can refer someone I know that does work that other neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's how we handle it. If you, if anyone goes to my LinkedIn, go check out my LinkedIn page. I had a professional go and write my you know LinkedIn page because it looked like a third grader with crayons when I wrote it, um, and it looks so much better and it was clear and decisive, you know, and concise. Excuse me, uh, on what I do, where I do it, and how I do it. So I think I think it's important, you know, it really is important to have a good LinkedIn page. Even if you don't, if you're not using it to the best of your abilities yet, start with having someone to write a good LinkedIn page so that people they at least think you're professional. If you haven't really, you know, done anything yet. Yeah, Matt is, right. Matt, is, Matt is green from ear to ear, by the way. Uh, yeah, I'm, see I'm, just, I'm laughing about the, uh, the five-year-old with a crayon writing your LinkedIn profile because uh, I think they would get similar results. Uh, all right, so Tracy, let's talk about some of the changes. It's been a while since we had you on the show. What What are some of the interesting things that you're seeing going on with just the tools uh, within LinkedIn uh, and some of the changes that LinkedIn itself is making just over the last time, you know, since we've had you on the show? What What is catching your eye? Um, LinkedIn, a couple things. Um, LinkedIn is really trying to get people more engaged into the newsfeed. And so they've now added hashtags. So now we, you could use hashtags before, but now you can actually go follow hashtags. And that also will help you get found because people will use the hashtag in the search to find other posts and articles that have these hashtags in them. Um, so be, be real careful with that. I mean, you want to start picking hashtags where you want to get found and then you might want to create your own hashtag and do that everywhere that you do it. Cause then once, you know, you become that local celebrity, it's going to catch on and people are going to want to see your stuff. So I would use like that hashtag, you know, all all across all your social media, get it, you know, a coined hashtag. So for me, it's ask Tracy. You know, so, um, you know, you, you might want to do your website name or something kind of, you know, catchy or whatnot. Um, also, and they're trying are you to promoting. Revive. Are you telling people yeah, so like, like repeatedly over and over again? Yeah, to I, would I would promote it. I would promote it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And with anything yeah. that you do, there comes promotion. Nobody's just going to find you. <laughs> if they don't know you. You've got well, to that's why out. I ask, because most of the time people use I, I see people a lot of times using personal hashtags, like multiple personal hashtags which nobody uses or cares about in any way, shape, or form. And and they're not telling them, hey, here's the function of the hashtag. If you would like to see my stuff in your newsfeed more often, you follow, go follow this hashtag. hashtag they just right. use it and then expect that as if by magic, that will then get really? people to find and them. And they will come, yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, you know, you've, you've got to promote it just like anything else. You write an article. Right. You, I mean, you can even share your posts. I don't know if people knew this, but you can take the link to your LinkedIn posts and you can share it everywhere else, you mm. know? So it's really kind of cool. I mean, if people don't know you're there and you're active, because again, we talked about this back in February, the newsfeed has gotten really tight, kind of like what Facebook did a few years ago with business pages. 
Okay. You know, and until you get engagement on your post, then LinkedIn doesn't open up the algorithm for anybody to see your content. Yes. Yeah. Kind of sucks. So, yeah. you know, they really want you to start, you know, promoting. And so, yeah. So just because I put it up in, in LinkedIn doesn't mean it's necessarily going to get seen. You know, so I might take that and go put it on my Facebook page or I might link it in my, you know, a, a newsletter, an email newsletter. And I get people in the eyeballs over to that post. Right. Kind of a cool way to do things. Same thing with the hashtags. If you created your own hashtag that brands you, then let people know, you know, got to know, you know, and then I would just say brand it across all social media that uses hashtags, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatnot. Yeah, that makes sense. OK, cool. Uh, all right. So that was the, that was the first thing. So. Hashtags and, and and refresh people's memory when when you say if you don't get interaction right away on the post, LinkedIn won't open up the algorithm. Just quickly explain kind of what you mean by that. Okay, so LinkedIn has a scoring system. So um, and it goes kind of like this: shares get the most, you know, and the like. I will just say three points. Just okay. all right. Comments mm-hmm. are two points and likes are one point. So you are kind of trying to get the shares and the comments over just the likes and then LinkedIn after, you know, um, a few hours, we'll start to see that engagement. Then they'll open up to more of your network at that point. And then there's a good possibility if it kind of goes viral and LinkedIn thinks it's not spammy content and good, good content, they will actually manually override their algorithm. So an actual employee will do this, will override the algorithm and really open it up, which is very difficult to do. So gaming the system still works of getting, you know, a bunch of your colleagues or your network together and, you know, going and commenting and liking on everybody's each other's posts to give you that initial push. So that so you said that still works. That still works. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Um, so having kind of an informal group of people. Uh, it doesn't have to be like the, there are some Internet marketers and growth hackers that really take this to a whole other level and they have a separate group going on another encrypted social media platform where they'll get 20 or 50 people together and, hey, let's all like each other's stuff and everybody posts when they just posted something and yada, yada. You can still do that on a smaller scale and just have people that you just kind of keep an eye out for their stuff and uh, and share and like and post and comment each other's stuff. Exactly. You know, and I think as time goes on, I've been watching some of these people like a year ago with like, zero engagement to now getting hundreds of likes a year later because they're being consistent. And then eventually okay. people are starting to see their stuff. And then the way the news feed works is that the the uh, people stuff that you are actually engaging with on a, on a um, consistent basis, they will show those posts first before they, you see the new posts, giving you an opportunity to engage again with their content. Okay. So. Okay. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then um, LinkedIn is actually now um, trying to revive groups. And I think um, it's very futile <laughs> that they're doing this. <laughs> because because Facebook basically took that away from them. And now that's where all the action is. Day, day yeah, late and a dollar it's, short. It's yeah. the reason why I'm going to bring something up to you here in a minute. That's why I'm bringing this up. But yeah, I mean, so they're now you, you're able to access your group discussions and stuff that you engage with in your actual home newsfeed. And okay. so, yay, just one more thing to convolute my news feed, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so. Well, the, yeah, um, I was going to say there was a while where Facebook did that work, Greg. I'm sure you noticed this too, where it seemed like seven out of 10 posts on your news feed was something from a Facebook group. And you're like, holy <laughs> good God, what is going on over there at Facebook? And then they kind of dialed that back. 
Yeah, it was pretty annoying, but I'm glad to see LinkedIn yeah. is trying to do it. So why do you think it's so fruitless uh, that LinkedIn is trying to re-engage with groups? Help me understand well, that a little bit. I think a couple years ago, maybe it's been three now in October, um, they um, really uh, took away a lot of the functionality in groups. And so, um, like, for example, you could, like, go and message anybody in that group. doesn't matter if they were first, second, or third connection for free. Now you only get 15 per month, and LinkedIn doesn't even show you if they're a first, second, or third connection. So you could be wasting already a free message on a first connection unless you actually take the extra time to make sure that they're not your first connection. Let's say, hmm. you know, you have a large network and you don't know everybody in your network. Yeah, so you only get 15 messages a month. Now LinkedIn can come in and take some of the functionality of the moderators and can flag posts on their own, not just the moderators. Um, and the moderators now, I believe, because I'm a group owner, but I don't have an active group because I set it up years ago and I haven't done anything with it. But I got an email, and I think they're even taking some of that functionality away of messaging your group once a week for free. Why would so, they do that? Away? Yeah, I believe so. If why? I'm not mistaken. Why would they? Why would they hamstring? Because they're bringing so the content to the newsfeed instead. Uh, so. so. Yeah. And there's just no functionality. I mean, mm. Facebook groups win hands down over LinkedIn. So I'm not a huge Facebook for business fan, but LinkedIn's kind of pushing me in that direction just on the group sense of things or group side of okay. things. So we're, so we're comparing LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, you know, when is LinkedIn going to get on the bandwagon and start doing live videos? Do you see that happening at all? Because I, no. I would be much more apt to use it if there was an, a video then, option. Well, they gave native video now to business pages, but how many people are really interacting and engaging with business pages or interacting with the people, right. not yeah. the business, right? Yeah. So they're trying to revive that too, and it's kind of, you know, kind of futile as well, unless you're a big box brand or something like that, you know, and people follow that stuff. But um, for the smaller guys... I mean, especially for the realtors and the, the mortgage lenders and whatnot, they're kind of, you know, on their own or they have small teams. They're going to want to stick with the home news feed anyway. But you still want the company page up there so it looks like you're in business and it looks mm -hmm. good on your profile. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. Um, they were in talks about it coming this year, but it, we're getting towards the end of the year. I don't see it happening right now. Um, yeah. I'm considered by LinkedIn a power user, so I get, you know, news about some of this stuff before most folks do, and that's not one of them I've heard from hmm. about. I really want live video. I think that would be fantastic, and yeah. more people would stay yeah. on the platform, but I think, you know, because native video now, they've added some new functionality, like you can upload, like, your transcript to it, but you have to go to, like, a transcription service and upload them. Uh, and with an SRT file, and I know that's really techy. I had to go look it up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're not you, making it easy. No. So what you do is you you, huh. you have your video, so your raw video, and then yeah. um, you have to take that video and get it transcribed with a transcription service. I like to use Rev.com, mm -hmm. and then they'll give you an SRT file, and then you upload the video, and then you upload the SRT file into LinkedIn. That's a lot of work. Yeah, you lost me at like upload. Exactly. I mean, so, <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, I mean, so, and then people who have time or have teams, 
you know, and they're doing two to three videos a week in, you know, they've put this down on their task list to do and accomplish. But for most folks, that's a lot of extra time. It yeah, really yeah. is. Well, it's yeah, a lot of convoluted totally. effort that doesn't need to be. It's not dollar productive activity for for ninety nine point nine percent of the people out there. So why are they going to take the time to one find a transcription sh- service, which we all know Rev is an amazing service. But if you didn't know about right. it before this per, you know this podcast, then now you do. First, yeah. find a transcription service, transcribe it, pay for that transcription, then upload this video, and then upload this file. After that, that's five to six yeah. steps for one video. <laughs> Yeah, you're talking about, yeah, once we get past two steps, we're already into, um, you know, you need to hire VA territory just to just to actually get this done. But at the same time, LinkedIn favors the raw video or the native videos, they call it over like a link to like your YouTube or your Vimeo or whatever, your blog, wherever it is. Yeah, of course, everybody, everybody wants you to put all original content on their platform, period. Yeah, but then, of yeah. course, you get those three little dots when you've posted up, and then you can copy that link and then share it everywhere else. Right, so. right, which is fine if you want LinkedIn to be, like, your primary thing. But most of the time, right. especially over the last, let's say, five years or so, like, the value of posting content that's made for one platform over to another platform has just gone drastically down because every social network devalues that and every social network is fracturing and fragmenting to the point where only certain types of content works for each type of platform. So like the the multiplication effect that we used to have five or six or seven years ago, I think is a lot less today. Very yeah. much so. Totally agree. Yeah, so really I think it's more, I think we really need to like zero in, where, whereas back in the day we could create one type of content and then link it out everywhere. Now we have to either figure out a way to create one piece of content and then somebody else splits, splits it up in certain ways for the other platforms, or we have to pick one or two places where we live and we create the content that that platform wants and ignore all the others and ignore the temptation to go screaming off in a new direction every time somebody goes, you know, I really think Instagram might be where it's at and Facebook is going, ah, Facebook is dead. I'm like, really? Um, so it, there, there's all kinds of like if you if you just listen to what people say, everybody has their own favorite kind of pet platform. And if you follow what the crowd or what you think the crowd is doing, you'll never actually build up any equity in one platform because you'll just be running from one to the next all the time. Exactly. Just, and, you know, yeah. and that's what gets most people, you know, small business owners and, and you know, medium sized businesses as well, you know, is that they have to be everywhere you know, and it's hard to do that unless you have a designated team to do yeah. that. Ooh, somebody told me this the other day. I'm I, I'm curious if you've heard this or if it confirm it. Jack, Greg, you'll appreciate this. Okay. So I was talking to a podcaster who got to spend some time with Gary V, like like recently, like within the last two months, mm-hmm. uh, in his office for a couple of days. You know how big Gary V's content team is for Gary, not for anything to do with the business, not for Vayner Media not for his clients, just how big Gary's personal content team is that cranks out the stuff that we see every day. Take a Ten. wild guess. 10? 18. 18. <laughs> and wow. that's why Gary V's everywhere. <laughs> that's why Gary V's everywhere. Exactly. So that's why I get such a kick out of the advice to be everywhere. You know, like guys like Grant Cardone and Gary V both, both shout that from the rooftops. And it's true in the sense that it's effective. 
But that's not how they got famous, number one. Number two, it's not something that's attainable for most people, and that's not what they do. They personally are not everywhere all the time on every social media platform. They're only everywhere because they pay other people to you know, fracture their, their content into a thousand different chunks and put it on every single platform. And they've got people following them around essentially 12 hours a day, helping them create content by having a phone or a camera in their hand and documenting what's going on. Uh, which I think there's going to be a point where a lot of us have that. Um, I don't know if it'll be a person or if by that time it might be a selfie robot that flies around Greg's head. Or I have like three of them. Like just actually, <laughs> I, I don't have like I, three I was, selfie robots around I was, him. I was getting live. this uh, because right when you were saying that, I'm like, oh, I should probably show Matt what I got. Yes, and you it's my own personal it. little drone. See. My own little personal oh, that's cute. There you go. It is cute, isn't it? I haven't uh, been, uh, been able to make it, work, a, make it work yet, but I am planning on doing that. Uh, but I mean, you know, Google. I mean, the Google uh, Apple uh, has a has a drone. It lasts for twelve or fifteen minutes. It costs two thousand dollars. It syncs in uh, with everything that you that everything Apple, and uh, it, it can be controlled from the Apple Watch. It can take high res photos and videos, so it can literally track you. So if you wanted to you know, power that thing up, you literally could have your own drone syncing with all of your Apple equipment that follows you around everywhere. That's too grand. But, yeah, but for 12 or 15 minutes, then how long you got to charge it for for another 12 or 15 minutes? 15 or 16 days. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Go live on Facebook once every two weeks. Uh, but I mean, think about it. So let's realistically, let's say if you go, it's, it's on for 15, 12 to 15 minutes fly time, right? Um, and you want it to be you know, relevant. So let's say you did two to three flies a day that's 30 to 45 minutes of actual footage then you have a va in the in you know somewhere else in the world that can edit that and give you five to ten minutes a day of new fresh cool clip of you doing something awesome aka standing outside of starbucks stalking matt um you know, not like, Ooh, yeah. Um, but I mean, think depends, about that. Depends on whether you're bringing coffee with you. I mean, if you feel free to stalk me outside the Starbucks, if you're going to buy me something. <laughs> Couldn't just be you wanted to give back to humanity, Matt. It just, <laughs> but it has to be like, give me, give me coffee. But I mean, think about this. So we could take said footage, maybe of my little drone thing here, uh, mm -hmm. or anyone else you buy, buy anywhere else. I mean, couldn't you upload that to LinkedIn and wouldn't that be something rele rele relevant to get people to engage with you versus just the stock footage of, you know, you're taking your phone going, hey, everybody, what's up? Duck face. Mm. Selfie stick kisses. All right. <laughs> I mean, I still see a lot of that on LinkedIn and it gets a lot of engagement and I still don't get it. But I, I keep telling Matt to stop posting that stuff. Matt, <laughs> it's not good for the brand. Hey, it gets, I give the people what they want. What can I say? The people want duck, duck with photos of me. I don't, I don't, I don't control what the market wants. I give the market what it wants. Oh, my God. oh can somebody please do a, a duck face on Matt and, and send it to me? I would love to see that. Oh no, no, nobody, nobody within your earshot needs to needs to hear or act on that piece of advice. All right, so Tracy, let's let's get back on track a little bit. So, the LinkedIn groups not not optimistic about those. Not uh, you know posting links to other content you've created on other networks and posting those to LinkedIn. Not so much. Uh, what do you think is going to win? Who's who's going to win over the next year based on what LinkedIn is favoring right now? If you're kind of starting from scratch, uh, who's going to win a year from now? 
Well, I don't think there's going to be a winner because I, I honestly think, you know, Facebook's kind of reinventing themselves somewhat. Um, and I'm not sure if the word is out publicly, but I'm going to share it right now. Um, Facebook's now, <laughs> um, you know, did violate their terms of service about their membership groups having can be paid for. Well, now they're creating it or you can have a payment gateway in a Facebook group to have paid communities now. Wait, 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 so, wait, wait. Back, 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 back the bus up. Yeah, so you guys haven't heard this. I know I'm spilling the beans. So, wait, wait. Um, so Facebook groups, like your mastermind groups and whatnot, right now you cannot have a paid group. There's a ways around that. You can still have a paid Facebook group, but not within Facebook, right? Use it as right. like a bonus or something, right, to your mm -hmm. continuity program. Mm -hmm. Well, now, I don't know when this is rolling out, but I hear it's already starting with some select folks who have large groups. To have a now your Facebook groups can be paid groups, paid communities. Like a, right now, they've already you know created it to where you can have units, and so you can create a membership site right within the group. Right, you don't need an outsource outside membership site like Optimized Press or Kajabi or any of those other ones. Right, you can now create all your content and add your content into the Facebook group and create it and organize it in a way with units, not just the files and stuff where you know it's hard to find stuff. You can create mm. units now. Well, now, mm. so that's one thing that I really, really like. Now I don't have to send people outside if I have any content, like my Facebook lives, like high-end trainings, any, you know, infographs, worksheets, checklists, whatever. I can all put in this Facebook group and stay inside of Facebook. And then people mm. can find the content without me having problems, you know, them not being able to log into, you know, Kajabi or Optimize Press or whatever it is. I like that. Mm. Now I like it that it's coming down the pipe that you can now have paid groups so people can pay for your monthly content in these groups if you so wish to. How that's all going to get set up, I don't have a clue. I don't know what payment gateways they're going to offer or anything like that. I right now I'm just going through 22 Social, big boys out there in L.A., <clears throat> and um, it's a great app, and they have payment gateways, you know, with that. Okay. So. Um, so that's what I'm going to do for now. And that's the reason why I'm bringing, I'm not, that's why I haven't, you know, created a really active LinkedIn group. Cause for one, how do you find, you can't upload content into that group. I mean, I can upload, you know, mm. a video or an article or whatever, but then people aren't going to be able to find it because it's a continuous news feed, mm. right? Or, this, or we call it discussions. It's a continuous discussion. So where do you find stuff? Right. right. Secondly, engagement's really difficult, you know, hmm. in, uh, in a LinkedIn group, whereas Facebook, you know, lots of engagement in a group, you know, and you can have, you know, more than one moderator or owner in there, you know, you know, perusing the feed and make sure that everybody gets responded to. Hard to do that hmm. in LinkedIn for that. Gotcha. OK, so LinkedIn, LinkedIn groups don't sound like as much as LinkedIn is going to push it and it may be in the news and you're going to see it and you're going to hear about it. And some people are going to jump on it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so from from the LinkedIn master, don't don't believe the hype. Don't jump into that. Pay more attention to the Facebook groups. But yeah. if you're starting from scratch on LinkedIn, um, who are the people that if they're starting right now are going to win a year from now um, on LinkedIn? They're, they're going to be drawing attention. They're going to be getting engagement and interaction. What, what do you think the people that are smart right now who are using LinkedIn are doing um, over the next year where, where LinkedIn is actually going to favor them? It's the same thing that I've been doing the last six years. Nothing's changed. I mean, the mm. platform features and stuff have changed, but the mm. basic campaign still stays the same. 
And that's why it kept telling everybody, it's back to basics, back to basics. You know, the platforms are going to change, but the basics are going to stay the same. First of all, you know, define the who and the what, your goal. Then you build out your profile that speaks to that. And then you start connecting with people strategically for new business referral partners, building trust. And the ultimate goal is to get them off of LinkedIn, because at the end of the day, you don't own any social media platform. Get them into some sort of funnel, you know, whether it's your autoresponder, your email list, your CRM, whatever it is that you're using at the time. And then you stay in front of those folks in the newsfeed, maybe, you know, write an article, post it on LinkedIn, which, by the way, you can repurpose an article from your blog or wherever. It's okay. It's not considered duplicate content, according to Google. Um, I just reference back if the article's living, you know, on medium.com or your blog, I just reference back the original article over there. Because that'll get them back to your medium or your blog or your website, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, LinkedIn's a, an authority site. I'm still getting found for keywords. Did you know that one of my posts just a few months ago was indexed in Google? No. And somebody <laughs> called me out of the blue. Yes, sir. Yes, That's sir. Awesome. That's yeah, because I did a, I did a little how-to video, and it was indexed in Google, and that's how they found me with the keywords. Because I had the right hashtags in there and had the right keywords in my description, and they found me on Google. So all those posts in the newsfeed are public. So if you start doing that and you've got good, great content that delivers, you know, obviously you're defining the pain point in the beginning. Well, now let's talk about those. And, you know, I call it um, story pain point solution. And you could do that for the newsfeed or for your articles. Now, like Dan Kennedy calls it pain agitate solve. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> so I like to call it story pain point solution because you want to tell a story and that's what draws people in, whether it's a short story, a short video or an article, then it, it rolls into what that pain point is. And ultimately you get into that solution and somebody is drawn in emotionally and goes, you know what? I need this person to help me do what they just did for that person. And, and whether that's a referral partner or, or you know, a client, a, you know, a buyer or a seller. Right. So that's how you build trust. And that's what's going to win. First of all, it's consistency. So connect with 25, you know, people a day takes 10 minutes to do that. Right. Manually. By the way, if you're not using Sales Navigator, you're going to be very limited in the regular LinkedIn. Sales Navigator has all the great um, all the great um, filters in there. You have like 20, 21 filters in there. Um, And you can even connect with people in groups that you don't belong to. That's the one thing I do like about this is that the groups are still, that's the only thing I like about the group still being active is I can connect with people in those groups and not have to belong to the group if I'm using Sales Navigator. That's what Mm -hmm. I like about that. So like you got Pete Asmus groups, you got lots of folks in those groups. Um, What's what's that group? There's several of them. He has several of them with thousands and thousands of members, like investor groups, real estate groups, mortgage Hmm. groups. So go and check those out. Um, And then, you know, set up a messaging campaign, you know, develop two, three, four, five messages, you know, and then you want to organize them. Either you can use Excel. Um, I'll give you guys a tip. I'm going to come out with a program here a little bit um, and how to use pipe drive. And LinkedIn to stay organized because it tells you when your deals are rotting. So I know when the next message is supposed to go out to what person. Mm-hmm. Then. So I'm not having to, I, I could screw up any Excel sheet 
I don't care if somebody locks it, I'd screw it up somehow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so pipe drive might be a better alternative. Right. It's better for me. Gotcha. <laughs> Plus it does a whole bunch of other integrations and things like that. It's pretty cool. But okay. I'm only going to be talking about the, you know, the basic campaign within yeah. there. And like just a couple weeks ago, you know, I hadn't been consistent with LinkedIn. I drove 10, um, um, 10 new conversations. So I got people that got set up on my strategic calls and I closed $8,500 in new business using this basic campaign. Wow. I did the same thing last week. I got five calls last week and then $4,500 in new business. Of course, I was That's in Dallas the week before. So, you know, fantastic. so, yeah, but I, I've really dialed into the who. And so, okay. and then I've got my messaging down. So I've been doing this right. for a while, right? Yeah. So um, that's the basic campaign, you know? And so once you've been doing this for a while, people, you'll stay on their radar and they, they may not be ready today or tomorrow. They may be ready in a year, but you're staying in front of them with your other activities. Send them an article once a month, you know, stay front of mind. Hey, here's a great article. You know, I just wrote it. It's in LinkedIn, so they don't have to go anywhere else, but stay in LinkedIn. They can read it off their mobile phone, right? I hope you enjoy it. Let me know your thoughts. Hmm. People respond to that stuff. Hmm. So, okay. and so, you know, like I said, it could be a repurposed, it could be repurposed content, you know? So, okay. and, and the more you do it, the better at it you'll get. Yeah. So on like Pipe Drive, uh, are you using the silver, gold, or platinum uh, service to send these messages? I'm just using the silver. Okay, so you're using so, the, it's right now that that's that's twelve dollars and fifty cents, guys. It's fifteen bucks. Oh, I have a seventeen percent off apparently on my link. Oh. <laughs> it's twelve fifty. Yeah, I know. All right. <laughs> just so Tracy, like, oh, what's the uh, if somebody wants to implement something like this and they want they want either your help number one uh, or they want to kind of get into your world, get connected so that when you come out with the course on how to do some of this yourself and how to link up LinkedIn and Pipedrive and things like that, uh, what's the best way to connect? You know what? I've, I've said this forever and ever. Um, you just go to my LinkedIn. I'm the only Tracy Enos, and that's E-N-O-S on LinkedIn. Connect with me. Tell me that you've um, seen this show on uh, with uh, with Greg and Matt over here. Um, and actually last time that we did a good job. I got a lot of connections last time. Good. Nice. That. That's and, awesome. Uh, Thanks guys for taking action. Yeah. We appreciate that. And also, um, my book's still number one after a year. It's publishing to profits. It goes to Amazon, go buy it digitally for two ninety nine. That really, the first chapter in there really, you know, breaks it down on how to really create your profile and define how your prospect is not as deep as when I do my coaching, but good enough to get you started. As a matter of fact, I had a girl in September right before I went to Dallas. She went, got my book and then went through it. And in five days, got five new appointments and one with a high level CEO that she would never been able to do. And she wow. didn't even finish her profile. She just started making some changes. Hmm. You know, it was pretty cool. I've even got a video on my LinkedIn if you guys want to go find it. But she gives me a <laughs> four minute a four minute testimonial over it. So, wow, that's um, awesome. But come and connect with me because stay tuned because I'm bringing LinkedIn to Facebook and we're going to have a continuity program and everything that I do, high level stuff, we're going to be teaching it, high mm. level stuff. And it's going to be like 97 bucks a month. That's awesome. Like and so your book is $2.99, is that correct? The Kindle, yes. Oh, good Lord, people. You you know, forget your latte for the day, Matt, and go buy the go buy the the digital download. I mean, for two ninety nine, I, I own it. Freaking, 
That's awesome. I read, oh. it, I read it in the airport. Uh, Whatever. I, I think what and it was. Um, it in, did you send me a, an Amazon review? Yeah. Uh, I don't so know. Why did you I share did. the link with me? I know. <laughs> I think I got what was after your last appearance, Tracy. So this had been March of this year. Do you, yeah, because you had you came on the show in February. I think I read it in the airport when Greg and I were getting ready to fly out to speak in Australia. So this was like I read it. I had a 12-hour layover in Vancouver. I burned through that book and, yeah, started implementing. Yeah, it was only 122 pages. It didn't take mm-hmm. too long to read it. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's what's great about it, because you can read it, you get the gist, and then you can go start making the changes to the LinkedIn profile and start putting the stuff into uh, into action. All right. So with that being said, Greg, let's talk about how to connect with you, and then we'll uh, bring this to a close. Yeah, guys, if you are listening to my uh, my voice, go to bookmcdaniel.com. If you guys are listen, watching me, go to the link that you see right there on the screen and go to bookmcdaniel.com. Let's talk about EXP, guys. Um Look, it, it might be the thing for you. It might not be the thing for you. We don't we don't know, but we do know that the real estate industry is changing, and there's going to be a changing of the guard, and the things are going digital. It's just a fact of the matter. And so, if you guys want to look look at you know how to join EXP and get all the value out that Matt and I are bringing uh, to our team members, go to it. Go to bookmcdaniel.com. Book 30 minutes with me. It's free, no obligations, and I'll show you how to put more more business in your pipeline. Get free coaching, get free masterminding, and have three different levels of income. So go to bookmcdaniel.com, book time with me today. Matt, how do people judge and give us a five-star referral, a, re, a review, not referral, referral, <laughs> review? All right, go to, go, to, go to iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, uh, or go to Stitcher, depending on your device. Look up the show, give us a five-star rating and a review. And if there's a particular episode that you enjoyed, like Tracy, make sure to give mm. Tracy a public shout-out in your review to thank her for the uh, the time and her contribution and just being very open with uh, with all the cool stuff that she that she's shared and that our other guests have shared on the show. That's how you give us a rating and review. Uh, also, if you guys want to learn how to do Facebook Live for yourselves, we talked about why that's so important and why Facebook is favoring Facebook Live. Uh, it's, and live video has not come to the LinkedIn platform yet. So we really uh, we encourage everybody to do Facebook Live consistently to become that local celebrity expert to your database. Uh, just go to rockstarlivevideo.com and you can get our free training on how to do that. Or you break down everything from how to physically go live on your phone uh, to what to talk about, where to find ideas for content, basically everything you need to get, to, uh, to get started. It's all free. Uh, rockstarlivevideo.com. So, guys, let's uh, let's do this, Greg. Shall we put a nice red bow up oh. on this episode? I know. Oh, well, in our view, what X cap that you're wearing? That's I couldn't I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It's a beautiful ball cap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know what? Well, Tracy and I both are rocking our ball caps today. Um, you guys, you know, Matt and I love you. Four years. Four years. Matt and I have been doing this podcast. We're going to keep going. Because uh, we're going to keep bringing legends, uh, uh, you know, back to this show. Uh, they're going to bring amazing content. So if you guys like it, share it. Uh, if you guys don't, well, whatever. I don't know what to do with you. But I still love you. Matt might not, but I still do. Uh, but you guys, you know, we want to see you guys on the next show. Suggest someone to us that might be a great guest for us. Because we're always looking for great talent to bring out to share with everyone. So I love you guys. Tracy, thank you. You're amazing. Three times over. Three times. There's only a very, very select few guests that actually have been on three times. So you are part of the privileged few, my friend. And we'll probably have you back again because you're awesome. But um, until the next time, guys, peace out, ninjas. We're gone.